Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, Well Women. Happy holidays to you. Welcome back if you're a regular listener to the show and a warm welcome to you if this is your first time. Uh, It's the holiday season and many of us are dealing with stressful thoughts. Today, I'm rerunning a great episode on that topic with Byron Katie, author of Loving What Is. Katie is the founder of The Work, a simple and powerful process of inquiry that teaches how to identify and question the stressful thoughts that cause our feelings of stress. On the show, we'll talk about how to reduce our stresses in our lives, how to use the four questions to practice the work, and how to cultivate a practice of questioning in order to be happier. You can find all the links and information at wellwomanlife.com slash 274 show. I'm speaking with Byron Katie this morning. Welcome to the program, Byron. Oh, thank you, Giovanni. So I just want to sort of jump right in and um, have a discussion about you and about the work. And um, I wanted to start with um, a quote from Loving What Is. And you say, go inside and find your own happiness to experience what already exists within you. Unchanging, immovable, ever present, ever waiting. No teacher is necessary. You are the teacher you've been waiting for. What do you mean by that? Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, you know, I went to the world for answers. Like, what do you do about this? How can I that? Well, what do you do? Well, what do you think? You know, and it was it was um, a lot of depression in the end for, for me specifically. And what do I mean by, you know, what you just asked me? It's like I found answers inside. There was a moment it became so clear to me to... To just question everything I believed about my life, other people's lives, what I thought about other people, you know, to um, to question what to question what is running through my head, and all of a sudden everything shifted. You know, it shifted dramatically. But every time I would question my assumptions, the things I was so sure were true, it would turn around, turn around. It would flip and show me a world that I had no access to otherwise. So that's what I do. I invite people to, to um, above all else, question what you think, to continue to question what you think. And that is really hard. <laughs> to to always be doing that. And so that's why you have these four easy questions that sort of guide people. So can you walk us through those? Yes. And and the reasons for the questions, it really is a practice. It's it's um it's something that we just get very still and sit in and and just even meditate on. And it is a practice until these questions become obvious. For example, if I had the truth, he betrayed me. And maybe, maybe I had that thought maybe 30 years ago. Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was 40 years ago. It doesn't matter in time. And if it's still occurring to me and it still is taking my attention in uh, the slightest, slightest um, negative tone to it, then I would question it. So I would go back, just mindfully go back to that time and place where I was really passionately believing at that place and time. And I would just stay there and say, he betrayed me. 
close my eyes, get still, and ask, is it true? That's the first question. And then the second question, can I absolutely know it's true? He betrayed me. And then I meditate on that, and I stay there, and those images show me. You know, I don't have to do the work. Really, I ask, and it does me. So I'm just witnessing, can I absolutely know you? I was so positive. We even broke up over it. You know, my life was ruined over it. And now I'm asking me what I was so sure of. Okay, can I absolutely know that it's true he betrayed me? And maybe the answer is still yes. I'm shown that. And then whether it's yes or no, I move to the third question. And like you say, Giovanni, there are only four questions. So I move to the third one. And I notice in that situation how, how I reacted. What happened when I believed that thought? And I see how, how hurt I was and how, how, how it affected my life, how it colored everything. And, and then I go to the fourth question. After witnessing that, and a lot of tears, <laughs> you know, we experience a lot of um, a lot of things we thought we didn't want to see, but a lot of things that really heal us from the past. In that third question, so after witnessing that, I go to the fourth question: Who or what would I be in that situation, in that time and place? Who or what would I be without the thought he betrayed me? And you know, as I look into your eyes and see right now, it feels so intimate. But you know, it's 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 a whole new. It's colored completely differently. You know, I see him defending. I see him upset. I see he doesn't want to lose me. I see that, you know, every I see things in this moment now that I did not see then. And then I invite people to, when they have said in that, meditated on that. I moved to the turnarounds. He betrayed me, turned around. I betrayed him. That's an opposite of what I was believing. And then it's like my heart, when I, when I found that, when my heart just sunk. And, of course, I found it many years ago when the work found me. But, but um, I love sharing it today. I, I betrayed him. And I just sit there and just see the ways I betrayed him. From every from little tiny things that I thought didn't matter at the time, and and I just sit in our lives together when I was believing that, and then how it cost me that relationship, and then another turnaround. Is there another turnaround? He betrayed me. Okay, let's see. I betrayed me. I betrayed me. And so I just, with my eyes closed, sit in that and see in that situation how I betrayed me. And um, this work is for the brave and the bold, but I don't know another way to free myself because every time I think of him today, I just, and, and for my life since I questioned it and set in what I'm inviting people to sit in right now in this interview, I, um, I think of him with such love and connection. And so that is a past that when it hits my head, those images hit my head, those thoughts and images of that past hit my head, I feel delight in and completion in and at peace with as opposed to hurt and wounded and allow that to, and it, it ceases to um it ceases to color my life. So and also anytime I think the thought someone's betraying me, I have to kind of giggle and laugh. It's like, well, I'll consider that later when I have time to sit down with it because I know the mind so well. So that's the work. Judge your neighbor, write it down, ask four questions and turn it around. And it is a practice. And you say it's for the brave and bold. 
um, what if you're not feeling brave and bold? Then, um, then I would just be as gentle and gentle and gentle and just as, as you possibly could with yourself. You know, we're tender and we're hurt. Like something like that, I wouldn't push myself into. I'd be ready just to sit in and just ask the question and, and be gentle with what I could handle. And it's called the work, and it it it's interesting that you named it that because it, it is it is work, it it's absolutely work. You you have to focus on it and and really do this in order to get to the other side. Yeah, it takes it takes a willingness. Anyone with an open mind can do this work, but that is the requirement. For some of us, we have to be tired of the pain. For some of us, we we need to have tried everything else, maybe. And I know in my life, I I had. And then for some of us, we're just curious, and we just want to know the truth. We don't have to hurt and be miserable to do this work. It's it's uh, we never know what we're going to find in it, and it's fabulous from one one end to the other. It's um, I wouldn't leave home without it. <laughs> Well, Katie, you say I'm a lover of what is not because I'm a spiritual person. And do you consider yourself a spiritual person? Well, you know, that would be by each of us individually, how we define that, how we define the word spiritual. But for me, the absence of suffering, that's it. That's what? The absence of suffering, you know, life without suffering, you know, there are many people I know that rather than speak for other people I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to imagine such a life I thought I had to die to in suffering and um, I was very depressed of course and um, so that's how it seemed to me so that was that that was it just the absence of suffering and I found something much um, much better than <laughs> than just non-suffering. And so have you suffered since then? You know, I'd have to honestly tell you no. And and I realize unless someone asks me directly and in my face that question, it's not something I would ever say. And for one thing, I don't know the future. For all I know, for all I know, you know, after 30 years of peace, I don't know the future, but I can tell you, I am, I look forward to it, whatever it is with life. I love it. And I just say, bring it on, you know, bring it on. And it's so exciting not to know what's going to happen and to have my arms wide open to it rather than to fear it. And so you've maintained this for 30 years. Uh, As you say, you don't know what's going to happen in the future, but you've maintained this, this non-suffering for 30 years. I'm very interested to know how you maintain that because to me, it's a journey and we go in and out and back and forth of, of being able to reach that. And, but you seem to have figured it out. Well, you know, I didn't say I stopped doing the work. I do the work all over the world with people and one-on-one. So I'm 
always in inquiry. Also, I love just sitting in myself, you know, every morning at least. So I'm prepared for life and who knows how much suffering. That's why I keep saying, you know, it's a practice. Who who knows what suffering I was up for (laughs) if I had not just really taking this, taking this on as a meditating, meditate practice and meditating on a, on these moments in time. Yeah. I think you've really just hit the nail on the head there, which is, you know, if we don't continue the practice, whatever the practice is, whether it's the work or something else, um, whatever people are doing, if we don't continue it and we sort of think, oh, I figured it out, I've arrived. And um, then you forget to keep practicing, you kind of wind up back, you could wind up back where you started. Well, you know, on if I had the thought, I figured it out, I may want to question that. To have such a loving acceptance of what is, is um, amazing. I mean, I think that's why you say you have no suffering because you're, you're embracing anything that happens and anything that is. And so if you're, I know, um, you've had, so, you know, people pass away in your life and things. How have you handled those kinds of things? You know, I'm just not at war with life. And again, my mind and heart, when, you know, when your mind's open, your heart's open. So I, um, I just meet it all with whatever is there authentically, without pretending, no hiding, and just I get to watch my life as it unfolds, as it happens. So um, I think in, I don't know which one of my books, but I um, on, I have a lot of life experiences that I talk about. And I have a new book coming out. It's a mind, the mind at home with itself. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was so much fun to do. And it's, um, I talk a lot more about my experiences on, in inquiry and life and, <laughs> and how the work has, um, has changed my life. Okay. We'll link to that for sure in the show notes to the upcoming book. Um, and you know, Katie, I sometimes joke that I reluctantly read your book (laughs) because I actually picked it up at a, um, a book exchange sort of yard sale thing. And I picked it up and looked at it and put it back down and said, Oh, I, I don't need to read that right now. And I went upstairs to my apartment and I opened my bag and there was that book and your face looking up at me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm, I'm very happy if that helped bring us together, then, then, you know, whatever happened there, I certainly am grateful. <laughs> Somehow, obviously I put the ba- the book in my bag and, uh, and I did read it and this was about 14 years ago and it was truly an amazing uh, experience. I think that somehow I was ready to, to read that. Do you, do you sometimes think that people are in a place to receive information and, and others, other times you're not? You know, I do. And also, um, I've heard, I've heard many stories. Like I've heard people say they've tried to read it and they throw it against the wall. And then three months later, they pick it up again and they throw it against the wall or buy it again. I think, well, I give it away and think, well, I better get the book again. You know, it's not an 
easy read. It's for people whose minds are open to to the absence of war, you know, the ultimate end of war. And so I I understand. Yeah. I fought the good fight, if you could call it the good fight, for 43 years. And then the work found me. And, and you know, it found me inside. And the shift was so radical that that um, people noticed. And then I began to, to um, show them what I found. Yeah, and that's how it happened for you. Yeah, I think that it, it really... Um hope it supports people to go very deep and very honest. You can't actually really get through the book without getting really honest with yourself and, and really facing a lot of those fears that have been, um, such prisons all of our lives. But you know, another thing about the book, it doesn't leave us alone. You know, it stays with us and it holds us all the way. So it's, it's, um, you're talking about loving what is, right? Yeah, loving what is. And also, um, I need your love. Is that true? It's so, it's, it's a radical book for relationships, the relationship with yourself and others. And um, then the new one coming out. And I know one of the most popular ones is, um, I don't even know if that's true, but, but a thousand names for joy. People, people love that. I'm speaking with Byron Katie, and we'll be right back. This episode of the Well Woman Show is brought to you by Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz, your resource for living your best life. If you're in burnout or major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need to make in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The cause of all of our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and or external supports. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly live your best life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. We're back with Byron Katie on The Well Woman Show. And on The Well Woman Show, I always ask my guests a few quick questions about how you... Uh, how you view life now after you've produced all of what you have in the world. And the first question is, what does success in life mean for you? Just being happy in my life. That's the ultimate success for me. And in that, I'm freed up to just live a life of, you know, how can I help and availability. And whether I'm alone or with people, there's always, there's always something to contribute. And when did you know, when was the moment when you, you quietly knew within yourself that you were really good at what you do? You know, when people, you know, rather than good at what I do, I'd say I'm, I'm just simply authentic. And, and, um, and I think that's always an expansion of even saying, you know, just authenticity. That's, that's basically all I'm interested in is not being fake news. And so what does authenticity look like or mean? No fake news. <laughs> in fact, you know, when we, we take assumptions out of our head, if we look at, at, um, at the four questions and turnarounds, as we just experienced with, he betrayed me, he betrayed me. I was really believing it and and acting out of that. And it was fake news. You know, it wasn't all the news. It was only one-sided. Mm. I betrayed him. I betrayed myself. And I could find many ways that he was completely loyal. 
And that was painful to sit in all those years ago. And and so I um I have a very open mind and I invite people to their own authenticity. It's just waiting to to show itself. You know, these questions are are a way of inviting it up. Yeah, I love that, that it's already there within us because I, I say that a lot with my well woman community, um, that we have these superpowers that are already inside of us and we just have to activate them. They're there. Yes, to ask, just ask. And we're we're just flooded with flooded with it. He betrayed me. Is it true? Or there's something wrong with me, or it's not fair. Life isn't fair, or you know any of those those things that run through our heads, and just to identify them, and just sit, and get really quiet, and ask, "Is it true?" And you know the work. The these questions are always free on the work dot com. So I want everyone to know that that it's um it's um it's there if you ever think you need it or want it. I just want to pick up on something you just said, because I think we're so attached to the answer that we're telling ourselves that it's hard to let that go and and really ask, is this true? And get to the, get to the root of it because we're so attached. Our whole identity sometimes is wrapped up in that being, you know, the story that we've been telling ourselves. And identity doesn't fall away until we question it. And then when we see what's true, identity shifts and we're no longer the person we were. And it becomes addictive. It's like the ultimate addiction, you know, the mind's addiction to itself. Well, inquiry, it, it wakes us up from that, that, I was going to say the dream for some of us, the nightmare. <laughs> Um, a couple more questions for the segment here on superpowers. And the next one is, what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? The ability to love. The ability to love without reservation. And and to realize that just because I, in my world, it seems I love everyone to realize that I don't have to take everyone home with me or have tea or lunch. You know, it's not like the, because the, what I'm thinking and believing about people, that's inside of me. And I take those people everywhere with me and to love them. You know, every, every, everyone that peoples my head. And so I'm in love with everything I think it seems. And so I'm in love with everyone I see and everything I see. And, and, and I would simply say, I love life. I love life. That's clear. And it really shows. (laughs) Um, Katie, what advice would you give your 25 year old self? She wouldn't listen. What advice would I give my twenty-four, my twenty-five-year-old? I, um, as I think of her, she didn't have the ability to listen. Her mind was so full of "I know, I know, I know, I know." So I would not burden her with that, and I would just wait until she's ready. <laughs> Love that. Do you identify as a feminist? 
Uh, your definition of feminist, what is that? I'm a woman. You know, I'm a human being first. And and I love um I love putting on lipstick and dressing and 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 this amazing thing to look in the mirror and even love that. And, you know, it's just not personal. Just to love the one in the mirror, if you're going to love the world, you may as well include yourself in it, as, as it turns out. But yeah. I, I define feminism on this show as um, equality in social, political, and economic spaces. Absolutely. And if women, we are not there equally, then we're in a, what I would say simply, as a fearful state of mind and inquiry has has um, has shifted that for me. I mean, there's nothing would stop us as women. There's nothing that would stop us in our life if we were not fearful. So to identify anything that that I'm thinking and believing that would not give me equal rights in my life, I would I would question it. I would. Definitely question it. And you've just made me think of one other thing I want to ask you, which is um, what what do you tell people who are incredibly fearful right now and angry and um, feeling like they don't have any power over the social and political situation in our country and in the world? To love what is is different than accepting what is. And, and I can see how it would be the same. And even maybe it is, depending on how we were thinking of that. But to to love what is, is to see things clearly out of a balanced state of mind. And from there, we fearlessly change. Just, you know, when we get clear, we don't get stupid. We get clear. And in that clarity, it is so simple to see what we can do to make change. And there's no fear to stop us. It's um, freedom is our birthright. I love that. Last question um, to wrap it up. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just have to admit it. Stephen reads me to sleep every night. Oh. oh, my goodness. And he is just a connoisseur of just the greatest literature in the world and and translate and write some of it himself. But his voice and his taste and, and um, what he reads to me is it's just, oh, my gosh, I just so he is he is what is near my my what did you say my nightstand. my nightstand he's on the other side he's 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 i'm in the middle i'm between the two <laughs> i love that that is the sweetest thing i've heard in a really long time mm-hmm. It is really sweet i can see his sweet face right now as we talk i'm so smitten <laughs> how long have you been together we've been married 17 years and and um and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. Byron Katie, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you. 
Thank you. And it's been so much fun sitting with you. Great questions. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week. 